Okay, lots of stuff in this. In verse 1, you can see Paul a bit testy again. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? He's obviously been accused of that. Criticized for commending himself. And he's afraid they're going to see that. Say, there he goes again. He's cracking on himself again. He says, or do we need as some letters of condemnation to you or from you? Now here's what I think was going on. When these intruders came, they had a portfolio of letters of recommendation. And they were eager to show off those letters to anybody who came along. Here's our letters. And furthermore, it looks to me like they started questioning them. And what about Paul? Did he show you his letters? Paul had any letters? You say you love Paul, you say you like, he preached the gospel. Where's his letters? Did he show you his letters? Here's our letters. Does he have any letters? Now, I don't think Paul had anything inherently against the letter of recommendation. Looked to me like Paul provided a few of some of his letters. What he did with Phoebe in Romans 16, and a variety of other times he does things like that. <laughs> but, but, here's the problem. Paul doesn't need some letter of recommendation to the Corinthian church. If any church ought to have been able to vouch for him as a true apostle, it's the church that came about as a result of his as a, him as an apostle preaching the gospel, right? You know, I mean, Paul doesn't need a letter for the Corinthians. I mean, when it's all said and done, there's no human endorsement that will make somebody an apostle. It doesn't so much matter how many letters you've got from somebody as it does what you do. And, and the fact is, Paul says, you're my better. <laughs> you know, I mean, way better than something somebody writes down. They were his letter. And it's almost like he's asking the question, has our relationship sunk so low that I've got to now call on some third party to vouch for me to you guys? And, and think about it. This is really kind of cool what he does. If you look carefully at 2 and 3, he really elaborates, he develops this whole concept of there his letter. So like, if you look at it carefully, I'll ask you a question, see if I can get a little feedback here. So, thinking about them as the letter, who is it dictated by? What does he say? Who is it dictated by? Jesus, I think, Christ. Yeah, I think Jesus is the one who dictated the letter. Who wrote it? Paul, I think so. What was the ink? The Spirit. Where did he write it? What was the paper? The hearts of the Corinthians. And how was it seen? So you got to think on this. How can they see this letter? How can people see this letter? They're changed lives. That's exactly right. I think so. The effects of the transformation that had occurred. And where did where was this letter carried? Where? Yeah, everywhere the Corinthians went. I, in verse two, I think it falls hard. He didn't. This wasn't the letter he carried in three days. <laughs> he carried it in his heart. I mean, obviously, that's a little bit of a, an extended analogy. 
That's a cool analogy. And you think about how much better Paul's letter was than these Johnny Come Lately's. You know, for one thing, Christ was the author of this letter that Paul has. You know, somebody, human being, wrote their letters. And uh, I think being written on the hearts of the Corinthians is a good bit better than being written on a piece of paper. And the circulation was wider. Anybody who saw the Corinthians could see and read their letter. So, you know, I can really think about what this is saying. I mean, what is really the thing that recommends a teacher? It's students. What's the thing that recommends a shepherd? Is sheep. You know, the, the fruits of somebody's work shows their valid work. The lives of men and women in Christ were Paul's letter. You could see by, by, by their lives, by their transformed, sincere, spiritual lives, that Paul was a gospel preacher. That he was doing the right work. That, that's really the goal. The goal is people following the Lord. Now, he's saying in 1 Corinthians 13, or 1 Corinthians 3, rather, that even if our work is burned up, even if those people we lead to Christ turn out not to be not to be able to pass through the fire of difficulty, we can still be saved. But, but really, the thing that recommends a teacher is the taught. And so they are his letter. So what's the deal about, do I have a letter of recommendation? You know, I think he pretty much blows that one out of the water. Uh, surely, after hearing this, the intruders aren't going to ask for that from Paul anymore. Thoughts and comments about that? And in verse 4 he says, this is the comment we have through Christ toward God. It's not Paul's innate power. It's not based on his own abilities. He doesn't feel self-confident. This is what God's doing through Christ in him. Not that we're adequate in ourselves to consider anything that's coming from ourselves or adequate pleas from God. You know, the, the question in 2.16, who is adequate for these things? We are through Christ. Not we, we are on ourselves. Only Christ makes us adequate. You know, we are not. Paul was not. I mean, it's what Christ does to us. You know, so, I mean, we've got to recognize, we've got to keep remembering constantly, we're his instruments. Whatever glory there is to be gained by what he's done in us, is that he pleased the one who's done. And so he says, we are our adequacy is from God who's also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Which leads him into the next section. But wow, if there's a passage that's been abused in the Bible, it's got to be one of the top, you know, I don't know how many, but it's been abused a lot. Because, you know, we do a terrible thing when we just, you know, yank passages out of context and try to make something out of the word. People have done this a lot. In the context, Paul is talking about him being a minister of the new covenant, not the old covenant. And the letter and the spirit relate to the primary features of the old covenant and the new covenant. The letter in verse 7 are the letters engraved on stones, the Ten Commandments, and really refer to the idea of the law. The thing about the old covenant, the operative principle was the law. 
And, and, and think about what law does. Does law give the standard? Yes. Does law give the penalty for breaking the standard? Yes. Does law give forgiveness to those who break the standard? No. Law doesn't do that. So the old covenant, the letter, kills. People work it. And it gives the punishment of death. The spirit refers to the gospel the spirit gave. There is it looks to me like, and I, I'm still trying to understand, and I'm still trying to get the emphasis the Bible gives, but, but it looks to me like we really need to see the new covenant, the gospel era, as the era of the Spirit. You certainly see that in the prophets as they look forward to the gospel era. Joel 2, Isaiah 32, Isaiah 44, Ezekiel 11, 36, 39, Zechariah 12, and so forth. And you see it all over the New Testament. And the Spirit was, when Jesus went back to the Bible, he said the Spirit. And the Spirit inspired the Gospel. And, and the Spirit lives in us. And so this is the era of the Spirit. But I think here, he's relating the Spirit to the New Covenant, because the Spirit gave the New Covenant. And the Spirit gives life, because the New Covenant forgives sin. The law, the letter only can kill. The Spirit that inspired the New Covenant forgives. It, it's full of grace. And so, what, a, what an amazing thing Paul received. This ministry of the New Covenant to preach a gospel that gave life. <coughs> wow. Not the old covenant that could only kill. People talk about the letter and the spirit of the law. This is not the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Whatever you want to say about the letter and the spirit of the law, whatever that means, this is not the passage. Maybe there's something to be said about that concept somehow. But here, he's talking about the law and the gospel. The law condemns, the gospel forgives and gives up. So, don't go to a passage like this to try to come up with some kind of a distinction between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. That's not what this is talking about. Carl. I'm also play here on the question of two types of epistles that people have Epistles that were written by hand, letters on the page, there's the epistles that he wrote in the heart. They're not also involved in Maybe so, maybe it's at least an extension of that idea. You know, because you do have that, you know, earlier. You know, it's clearly relating to the Old and New Covenant, but maybe based upon that contrast, I hadn't really thought about that. That's a good point. Other thoughts? Alright, we're going to take a break again uh, for about 20 minutes, and then we're going to come back for another session.